day. Amen. All right. For you all that come to Bible study on Wednesdays, we will have Bible study this Wednesday. We're not going to let the 4th of July stop that. But we're having it at 6 o'clock. That'll give you time to go to wherever they shoot their fireworks. Okay? And you all have children, and uh, you want to be careful with them, right? Then you might want to look on the internet and see what the holiday's about. I'm talking to y'all. Y'all do know that, right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, see what the holiday's about, and then maybe they might figure out it's not a day for them to be shooting firecrackers or celebrating. I'm just, just saying. All right, you see, we need to educate folks. Folks is just going out celebrating something they don't know nothing about. That's right. Huh? You need to know about what you're celebrating, right? You celebrate your birthday, don't you? That's right. Because it's your birthday, right? All right, so you know about that. Christmas, you know about that. Uh, Ashley, stand please, huh? This young lady here, as uh, we laid hands and prayed, she's going to be a deaconess for us. She, yeah, yeah, she's here. She's, she comes down here every Saturday and, and has been doing whatever uh, I would ask her to do. And then she's taking over, of course, the uh, uh, website. And you'll let us know when that's ready. And you're going to make me pretty, right? Okay, that's what I'm talking about. All right. But she's we're proud of her. And to be a deaconess or something here, you have to have a sponsor. And her sponsor is me, so that clears all that up. Amen. Go ahead. Thank you. Uh, you know, let me tell you something. You know, what they got all confused is, uh, Sister Evelyn, they got all confused in some of the churches with their documents. Uh, what is a deaconess? See, some women think, ladies think that they are um, deacons, deaconess because, okay, their husband is a deacon. But that, no, 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 no. But if you look at the New Testament, there were deaconess, amen, uh, whose husbands weren't even saved. So, and we use everything because we ain't trying to fly on one wing in this church. All right? Is that right? Here we go. God's will for every believer that, uh, that it would be conformed, that, that believer would be conformed to the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. Say that. God wants me to be conformed. God wants me to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. To the image of Jesus Christ. And so this is what we're talking about. That's why we say I walk as Christ, I talk as Christ, I think as Christ, I have the Spirit of Christ within me. So the whole ultimate goal for every Christian is to be Christ-like, right? And so it, it, and I, I say it all the time, and I'm going to keep saying it, it's nothing to do with your biological folks. It's inexcusable once you become a Christian what family you came out of, what zip code it is, it's a whole different ballgame now. Because I have, a role, I have a role model, and that role model is Jesus Christ, and my life is to be conformed into the image of Christ. And that's what this, this whole thing is about. And if more Christians would do that, the statistics of Christians now are getting with divorces and abuse is getting as bad as the world. 
Well, that's because we've been talking too much doctrine and not enough gospel and enough biblical truth. The Bible says you should know the truth and what? The truth will set you free. And so what we need to do is go back to listening to what the Bible tells us. And it tells us it wants us to be like Christ. That's what the word Christian means, Christ-like. So in your, if, if God would come in your household and he would look at, I'll talk to the men first, and he would look at you as a husband and as a father, would he see the image of Christ in you as you talk to your wife and your children? Mm. Let's do it this way because I ain't getting much. If God would come to your house, let me fix it for you, and he would look at you, would he see the image of Christ in your household? Mm. He should. All right? And he would talk to, you would talk to your wife like you would, he would talk to your wife. You would see in your wife what he sees in your wife. And you all that are getting in relationships, this is where it's supposed to be. Would God look at you as a wife and, and a mother? Would he see himself in you? Would he see you talk to your husband and your children uh, as he would talk to your husband and children? And unfortunately, we don't say enough of it. The, it's the old saying is the first God-like that a child will ever see is his mother. Would, the, would he see Christ or she see Christ? That's what the whole image is. If the, when, on, on their job, when you're on your job, do people see Christ? The attitude of Christ on your job. Because you are an ambassador for Christ when you get saved. Isn't that right? And so this is the action we're supposed to have. And, and your family members, would they see that? Would they see that? Would they see that type of attitude that Christ instilled in you when you get saved? And we're going to talk about that. So the, God's desire is for every one of us to be conformed in the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is the, that is the goal for each one of us as a Christian. That people see, you know what Jesus is, right? He's at the right hand of the Father. Amen. All right, so the only Jesus some folks are going to see is you. That's why it's called Christian Christ-like. Here we go, Romans 2, 12, excuse me. Reading Romans 12, 2 from the King James Version, and it tells us, be not conformed to this world. So the world wants to conform us, and we can see that. How many of you got TVs and phones and you can see stuff on, right? Those things are trying to conform you to what? The world. To their liking, Right. And they make a lot of money trying to conform you to their liking, right? Because the world is telling you, listen to me, the world is telling you that you're not good enough. So what they're saying, is, and then when you start being conformed by the world, I want you to hear what I'm saying here, conformed by the world, then you're saying God made a mistake. Come on, say amen to that. You see, you see, you, yeah, that's right now, that's right. When people make fun of you, this is one of the things that just, bo- the one thing that bothers me more with children and, and family is, is bullying. You see, but you know, and, and making fun of and pulling people down and talking about people. That's why we have so many suicides uh, in, in, in teenagers now, is because somebody hasn't taught them that you are good enough. And it doesn't matter how much you weigh or how much you don't weigh. And it doesn't matter what color your hair is. 
Do you understand what I'm saying? And we got to start teaching our children this because once our children are comfortable in their skin, as we say, in the skin, the skin that God created for them, all right, and the vehicle that God, that's this here, the vehicle that God put them in, then they're going to have self-confidence because once we, they know that if it's all right with God who created me this way, it's okay for me to be this way. Does that make sense? You see, you see, then it would, and it would, that wouldn't matter what color you are. Whatever color you are, that God created you to be that color, right? That's right. Does that make sense? That's right. The only thing, you see, nobody tell, now, you see, nobody should tell you how to improve on God. You can't improve on God's thing. Well, say that. You can't improve on what God created. That's right. All right, you see what I'm saying? So you ought to be satisfied, Sister Carissa, we ought to be satisfied with what God created, Right. You see, I tell people all the time, joking, when I look at myself, I can't do any better. You can't improve on perfection. That's right. That was pretty good. Come on, That's come right. on. That's pretty good. See, some of y'all need to take some of my stuff and use it. That's yeah, right. you can't improve. God created you, then you're perfect, right? And you can't improve on perfection. You can get more knowledge and more wisdom and a greater understanding, but you are in the vehicle that he chose you to be in. Say amen to that. And some of you ought to start quit, quit listening to all of this talk that's going on that's got you displeased with the very man, God, who created you to be who you are. You understand? You ought to walk. Now, sometimes, now, see, people mis misinterpret me. I'm not arrogant nor self-centered. I'm just bold in the Holy Ghost. That's right. Huh? So you walk around, they say, you strutting, sister. You say, yeah, I'm strutting in the Holy Ghost. Come on here. I'm looking at you. You see what I'm saying? I want you as a Christian to be comfortable who you are. Because, see, the world wants you to be uncomfortable. They can't make no money if you're comfortable in who you are. Right? They can't sell all them products that they're selling huh? if, you, if you're comfortable who you are. Right? Come on, ladies. I don't care about you using it. Makeup is good. It's one of the blessed things that ever happened to some ladies. Right? But, but you, you, you see, but I, as long as you ain't trying to cover it up. Come on, men, we ain't, we, we need to be, if, let me tell you something, if you're not comfortable in who you are, you're going to get bullied. That's right. But if you're comfortable who you are, that bully's got to find somebody else because he ain't got nothing going on here. Are you with me? Right. But see, so when somebody says something about you that's not true, they're trying to conform you to what? To the world, right? Keep reading, all right? So the key to the scripture is this, it says, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. You need to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. When you're transformed by the renewing of your mind, then you're going to think of yourself. There's some people sitting in here right now, I know for a fact. You don't think enough of yourself. Well, You don't think enough of yourself, and your mind needs to be renewed because it has been defiled by what other people have put in there, and you allowed to put in there, and you accepted that. Do you understand what I'm saying? But the Bible tells us, no, 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 be, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. So when you walk out of here today, when you walk out of here today, whether you're a visitor or a member, when you walk out of here today, you need to walk with a new mindset. Say that, new mindset. New mindset. And a new mindset means that I've had an experience, I've had an experience today, learned something today that I have transferred my mind into thinking of myself different than I think of myself and you got to do something else. That's right. Because see, one of these things about it is when you grow, come on ladies, when you grow and in the Lord and grow in the self and grow in the image of Christ and you have the mind of Christ, then a lot of those things that were said, you won't feed off that anymore. 
Come on, that's right, young men. Men, I told the men today, some of them are going to church. First time in 20 years I've been going to another church, I'm going to speak. And I didn't invite the church, but I invited the men. If any man wants to go see Larry, some of the men are going to meet together and go because we want to show them that there are men in churches, right? So if you want to see Brother Larry, and it's a journey because they do a lot, they're a little longer than we are. But do you understand what I'm saying? I want them to know that. It's a church full of women. I want them to know that, that God can save men. That's right. Yeah. There's some good men in here. There's some good men in here. All right? But they've done that. They've been transformed. Uh, uh, they've been, they've been, the, the world transformed, but we, we've been born again. So now we've been transformed into a whole new somebody, and it started with the renewing of our mind. That's Go right. ahead. It says, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. See, see I'm not trying to prove anything to anybody. I'm not trying to prove anything to anybody. I'm just trying to do what is acceptable and perfect in God's will in my life and his will for me in my life. Do you understand that? All right. Are you going to try to get there with me? You see, come on up here with me. Y'all act like I'm talking to the unseen host. I'm talking to you. I'm trying to inspire you. Some of you, let me tell you, when you get that down in your life, young ladies and young men, you look at me. When you get this down in your life, you'll have a better life. If your parents would be honest, a lot of them sold themselves cheaper than what their value was. Come on in. But when you find yourself value in Christ, you won't lower yourself. You right. won't lower your standards. You won't lower who you are. Do you understand that? Because, see, some folks, come on, some, when I say this, some of y'all can say, man, men and women, if you agree with it, some of us took, some of us took leftovers. Well, say that. Come on here. Say that. And some of us were leftovers. But we ain't going to have no leftovers up in here. And we ain't taking no leftovers over here because we better than that. And you know who told us we was better than that? The Word of God says we were better than that. That's right. So we don't think like that anymore, right? There are no losers in Christ Temple North. We will not tolerate losers in Christ Temple North. We are victorious people, and we're going to walk with victorious people, right? That's right. Y'all right. want us, can you handle me? You ain't going to get mad? I had the men together, it's about, about seven or eight of us together a while ago. Is that right, Brother Gerald? Maybe even more than that. And I told them, we ain't going to have no ends in here. Did I not tell y'all that? So y'all can say amen to that. I'm the one that said it. We won't have that in here. We God men in this place. We walk as, yes we are. We saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, God men. And we will not settle for anything any less than that. And you can't call us for anything any less than that. That's right. Because right. we believe that in here. And women, you ought to be the same way. You understand? Because see, now listen to me, not everybody, that you will never get abused unless you put yourself in an abusive situation, and you put yourself in an abusive situation when you can't discern who another person is, and they can't discern who they are. But once you get what I'm talking about today, they won't even talk to you. They'll do this, oh, you think you're too good for us. Yeah. You got, well, the first thing you got right. That's what you can tell them. You'll say, yeah, well, that's something you did get right. That's right. Uh, yeah, I used to tell my kids, my kids would tell you, everybody said, no, uh, are we all alike. You know better than nobody else. I said, you better be better than somebody else in this household. Do you understand what I'm saying? Don't, don't fall for that. Huh? Don't fall for that. All right. You love me still. Here we go. In 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3 and 4, it says that this is good and pleases God our Savior. And who are you trying to please? You should be trying to please God your Savior. Nobody else saves you. 
God saves you. All right. He says, who wants all people to be saved? God, God wants all people to be saved and self He wants all people. That's called salvation. He wants all people to be saved, and that is salvation. Salvation is the first step that God puts in your life, and salvation is? The definition of salvation is deliverance from sin and its consequences. See, see, see God, salvation delivers us from sin and its consequences. Every one of us in here know that when we sin, there were consequences behind the sin. Say amen to that. You see what I'm saying? But God delivers us. He gives us a new start and delivers us from all our sin and our consequences. In other words, God gives us, thank God, second chances, third, fourth, and fifth for some of us. But salvation comes in to deliver us from that. So sometimes some of you are carrying something that God's delivered you from. It's in your mind. You see, it can be in your mind. No, God, Christ died for that. That's done. That's paid for. That's over. You got a new start in Christ. Keep reading for me, please. It's also deliverance from harm, ruin, loss, and even hell. See, it's harm. You see, yes, you were harmed. You were lost. You were headed to hell, but not now. I'm found now, right? Right. All right, I'm right. not headed to hell now. I'm heaven bound now because of salvation. Come on here. Isn't that a good thing? That's right. All right. Timothy also says that although God wants us all to be saved, he more wants us to come to the knowledge of the truth. See, he wants us to come to the knowledge of the truth. You see, say amen. amen. There ain't nothing in here that tells you you're a loser. There ain't nothing in here. That tells you you can't be victorious. Huh? There ain't nothing in here that tells you you can't have joy. All right? You understand that? And so, so where are you getting that from? Where's that coming from? Satan's talking to you, and you listening to him, and you're feeding it. There's a thing that Brother Travis and I have a thing going, and I'm always talking trash to him. We talking back, friendly type stuff. And sometimes they say, I ain't biting. Because you, I kind of, you know, I'm a little trash talker a little bit, and and, and set people up. Yeah, you, you, you said, and some of y'all so easy to set up here is really a shame. But it's, it's setting people up. Well, guess I'm playing, but Satan ain't. And you can't, you can't, you can't bite. And some of you've bitten. That's why you think less of yourself than who you really are in Christ. Come on. All right. I'll turn to 1 Peter chapter 4. I'm going to read verse 1 and 2 from the NIV and then from the message. It says, Therefore, since Christ suffered in his body, arm yourselves with the same attitude. So we got to have the same attitude as who? You got to have the same attitude as who? Christ. They, they, Christ went through every door that was, supposed, was open for him. Didn't he not do it? Did he ever lose anything? He even died he even gained by dying. Didn't That's he do right. that? That's right. You see, so we need to change our attitude. See, if we have the attitude of Christ, then first of all, you're going to take better care of yourself. And second of all, you'll help others, but you'll know when to help them. Okay, I won't say that. Say, say it, Pastor. There's a difference between helping somebody and enabling them. That's right. All right, here we go. He goes on to say that because whoever suffers in the body is done with sin. All right. Once, once he says he cleans that up, we're done with that. That's why we don't have, a, we don't have Jesus on the cross up there. And they, they said, I ain't putting no Jesus on no cross up. He's off the cross. That's right. He's res resurrected now. 
our victory was the, he off the cross, not when he was on the cross. The victory came when he was, got off the cross. And so we victorious people here. Get that attitude. You see? You see, some of you, there used to, I can't think of his name, but back in the day, used to wear those pants and dance, those big old pants and dance. MC, MC Hammer. Hammer. He said, you can't touch this. <laughs> Come on here. You ought to be someplace in your life, but a place in your life where you need to tell some folks, the world, you can't touch this. Come on here. You see what I'm saying? All right. In verse 2, he says, as a result, they do not live the rest of their earthly lives for evil human desires. We don't live our lives for evil human desires anymore. Whether somebody desiring us or we doing it. We we new people now. Do you understand what I'm saying? All right. But rather... For the will of God. But we're living for the will of God. It pleases God. See, here's one of the things that we need to quit saying. Some things are just church stuff talking. Well, God wants me to go through this. The Bible says God does not test man with sin. That's right. God, no, no, no. That's evil desires that's testing us. It ain't got nothing to do with God. Because God freed us through Christ. All right? It tells us that we have spent enough time in the past doing what pagans chose to do. We, haven't we? We done done enough of that foolishness, doing what worldly people would have us to do. He's using pagans, but worldly people would have us to do because we were worldly. So we threw with that. There comes a time in your life when you need to quit some stuff. Amen. Huh? You need to change. Uh, you know, and, and the Bible teaches us that, that the Holy Spirit will help us through sanct- salvation and sanctification. It will help us to not harm ourselves, to not ruin ourselves, and not to be lost. The Bible tells us that. All right. And the message says it this way. Since Jesus went through everything you're going through and more, learn to think like him. So Jesus went through everything that every one of us has been through and more. The Bible says he was tested by every sin of man. Every sin of man. Do you understand? See, some of y'all don't get that. The Bible says Jesus Christ was tempted by every sin. That meant some of them little honeys was after him. Yeah, you know, somebody walk on water, somebody <laughs> won't give with that cat. <laughs> you, you see what I'm saying? Right. You see, so the Bible says, yeah, that's what the scripture said. That ain't what I'm saying. He's tempted with everything. And I don't like that, but it's a good thing because I can't go to Jesus and say, you don't know how this feels. Come on here. Because he was tempted by everything I've been tempted by. That's right. He's been tempted by everything we've been tempted by. Do you understand that? But yet he conquered it. So, but he's empowered us through the Holy Spirit to, inc- to conquer it now. All right? And aren't you glad that Jesus understands you? Amen. He understands your pain. He understands your hunger, your desires. Aren't you glad he understands that? Amen. Because he has understands it, but he has compassion with that. And God, he knew that we needed to be delivered from that, but we couldn't be delivered from that on our own. That's why we have to be in partnership with the Holy Spirit. Is that making sense to you? All right. It says, think of your sufferings as a weaning from that old sinful habit of always expecting to get your own way. Man, that's tough. Man, that's tough to, to be able to get away from them old habits. You know what I'm saying? That's tough to get away from old habits. Man, it, it's, it, isn't it? Somebody, I love my recovery people. They understand it's hard. Man, because does anybody in here understand that sometimes you, you want to do what you want to do? 
you see. And sometimes it's painful for me to do the right thing. I don't know about y'all, but sometimes it's real painful for me to do the right thing. You see, and I have to struggle sometimes with it. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Amen. Now, I come out victorious, but it's a struggle, and it hurts because, you know, some of us enjoyed sinning. Amen, Pastor. You ain't alone. You ain't alone. Say that again. Yeah, you know we, y'all, y'all know everybody in here didn't enjoy some sinning. Come on here. Come on. Yeah, you understand? It's the consequences we didn't like, well. but the sin was good at the moment. And then the consequence came along, and that's when the pain got in there, right? You see that? You understand what I'm saying? All right, come on. I'll make sure I'm in the right place. Yeah. See, if I'm not, if you can't amen this, you mean that's saying you don't need Jesus. You're saying you don't need the Holy Ghost. That's saying you came here righteous. I mean, into the world righteous, right? That means you ain't experienced no sin. So what God done in Christ, he, shouldn't, he didn't have to do that for you. You know that scripture, God so loved the word, he gave his only begotten son, who shall believe in him, shall not perish, but have everlasting life. If you can't amen some of this stuff in here, you didn't need him. Well. So God, that, you're saying that Jesus' death and resurrection was needless, needless in your life. That's what you're saying now. But now if you like some of us up in here, you see, we need him then, and we need him now. Amen. Amen? All right. It goes on in verse 2 that... It says, then you'll be able to live out your days free to pursue what God wants instead of being dominated by what you want. See, see, oh man, I couldn't even say that. I used to be dominated by what I wanted. When you get saved, you're dominated by what Christ wants you to. That's right. You see, it still talks to me every now and then, but I can just move it away now. It's not the struggle that it used to be, but it's still there. You see, there are diseases like chicken pops and some of those other things that they say lay dormant in people and they can come up and be create and be something else. That's right. Y'all know that, right? That's right. Well, you know, you know sin ain't left you. You, 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 know God ain't, you know God ain't gave up on you, right? You know Satan ain't either. That's right. You know that, right? I'm just trying to make it plain for you. He ain't gave up on you. You need this today. That's right. I guarantee you somebody in here sitting in here before the day is over, somebody's going to try to put you down. Don't say what pastor says. Say the Bible says That's right. that I'm better than that. That's right. All right? Okay. Now turn to Ephesians chapter 1. I'm going to read verse 3 through 5 from the voice. And it says, Blessed be God, the Father of our Lord Jesus, the Anointed One who grants us every spiritual blessing in these heavenly realms where we live in the anointed, not because of anything we have done, but because of what he has done for us. I can't lose. Guess what? I haven't done anything. Christ done it for me. Christ done it for me. You can't lose. It ain't about you. It's about him. And he can't lose. He has been victorious in anything he's ever tried to do. And he's been, look at this. Some of us came in here. Look where some of us came from. Look what some of us have done in our lifetime. Do you know, and only you all say amen, know what I'm talking about. Some of us in here done done some stuff we should have got killed for. Amen. Do you understand what I'm saying? But look what he done for us. Amen. We here today. All right, we're here today, and he wants us to be sanctified. And let me tell you this story. He wants us to be sanctified, and once you get sanctified, that's saved, 
filled with the Holy Ghost, baptized in the Holy Ghost, and that's when sanctification comes in. And sanctification is? Set apart for particular use in a special purpose or work to make holy or sacred. Do you know that's you? Do you know that's you? If, how in the world can you read this and believe this and have low self-esteem? You're here for a purpose. That's right. God's got you here for a purpose. I'm going to tell you something some of you don't know about yourself. You are special. You see, some of you have been through some things. God didn't call you to go through the things, but God is using you as a superstar. He saved you, and he empowered you with the Holy Ghost, and now you live in a sanctified life so that other people, men and women, can see what Christ done for you, he can do for them. You understand? Your greatest, your, your greatest test, your testimony and witnessing the power of Christ is one of the most powerfulest things that some people are going to hear. They don't go to church. They don't read their Bible. They don't know who God is. They don't know the power of God. But they look at you when you testify and witness to them of where you came and they see where you at and then they'll want a part of that. That's right. That's why you have to live a sanctified life. That's right. Sanctification. Sanctification is also to consecrate, purify, or free from sin. Do you know that? You're consecrated. That means set apart. You're purified. That means not defiled. Free from sin. You know, if there was one thing that I could tell is that us, we too, we too is that group, right? Me too, me too, that group, this is what they need. From being defiled and abused and all the stuff they went through, somebody needs to tell them what first, that man that put his hands on you is washed away. Anything that he done to defile you is washed away. Look at me, ladies. You're cleansed. You're purified now by the power of the blood of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Can't no man put a stain on you that Christ can't wash away. You better hear me this morning. Amen. Say amen to that. You see what I'm saying? That's what they need to hear, that you don't have to carry that burden anymore because Jesus Christ of Nazareth took it from you. And you clean. You don't have to feel dirty anymore. You don't have to feel cheap anymore. Men and women have went through that. Not anymore because Jesus Christ's death and resurrection, you are saved and you are sanctified. You are purified. You are consecrated. And you're free from the very sin that man has put upon you. Isn't that true? That's gospel there. All right. It says in verse 4 that God chose us to be in a relationship with him even before he laid out plans for this world. You want to be in a relationship? The first relationship you need to be in is with God. Now, some of you know what I'm talking about. Wouldn't that have been some, a good thing if some of us would have met this, met this Jesus Christ of Nazareth when we were younger? Well. Because some of us that went through a journey, young people look at me, and the wear and tear ain't worth it. That's right. The wear and tear ain't worth it. Mama looks good. Daddy looks good. No, we'll, if we tell you the truth, the wear and tear of sin is not worth it. And sometimes we think our, our parents are too high, hard on us because they got boundaries. They're trying to protect us because they know the consequences of sin. You understand? Because everything costs. That's right. All right. He wanted us to live holy lives characterized by love. And he wanted us to read these holy lives. And I just told you, that's, sanctified. That's, that's a sanctified life. He wants us to be free from sin and blameless before him. That's what he wants to do. That's right. He wants to do that. 
wants to take that from you. All right? In verse 5, it says, He destined us to be adopted as his children through the covenant Jesus the anointed inaugurated in his sacrificial life. So who's, who's your family? You know, you said, think back to who's your daddy? God's my daddy. I've been adopted into the royal family of God. Do you understand? Some of us had a, we had a bad trip. We had some bad biological people. They didn't take care of business, but that's okay, ain't it? Because that's all in the past. Because look at who I am now. I'm a son in the royal family of God. That's right. Your daughters, that's who you are, okay? Here we go. It says, this was his pleasure and his will for us. It's God's, look at me. I don't care what, who don't want you. God wants you. And it's his pleasure, daughters, ladies, to be his daughter. He wants you to be his daughter. You belong to him. Say, what else, Pastor? Act like it. Act like it. You want to know a secret? You train people how to treat you. That's right. You don't set up in here and talk about amen, that you're a child of God, and you're a woman of God, and you're a lady in Christ. And don't teach people how to treat you. If you believe that, then you ought to be treated that way. And you're going to be treated that way because you act that way. That's right. All right? Yeah, you can do that. Go ahead. Now turn to Psalm 150. And we're going to talk about glorification. Salvation, sanctification, glorification. That's the uh, uh, salvation, you know, that was our deliverance. Uh, sanctification, that was getting pure and getting cleaned up and being free from sin. Man, when those two things come in your life, you can't help but praise him. That's right. Huh? Some of you all, some of us can praise him then. Because, you know, the prodigal son didn't have nothing on us. Huh? Did, did, we, did we water with the swines? Come on here. Well... Did we eat what the swines ate? Come on here with me, right? But when we got sick of that and got indigestion from all that sin, huh? we went back to Christ, didn't he? That's right. Did he open his arms for us? That's right. Brought us back into the family of God? Cleansed us up, washed us off, washed all that sin up, cleansed us up, put us a robe of glory on? You can't help but praise God. Huh? You can, I'm telling you, you can't help but glorify God. That's right. All right? And glorification is to make glorious by bestowing praise, honor, and worship to God. So some, when they get to doing some of them praise songs, I don't know. Some, see, I'm, I'm emotional inside. I'm an inside guy. If I was an outside guy, y'all had to catch me. Because, I mean, I got a story to tell. Uh-huh. He brought me from a mighty long way. You see, you know, they sing at Amazing Grace at funerals. They need to sing Amazing Grace when people get saved. That's right. Yeah, you don't need to hear it at no funeral. I mean, that's, you ain't had it, but then you're gone anyway. But Amazing Grace, some of us understand that. It's grace. Yeah, that song that they sang, Grace woke me up this morning. started me on my way. It's about grace, folks. Come on here. Right? And grace is the reason some of us are alive and here today. Because, you know, some of us, are, we didn't get what we deserve. Thank you, God, you didn't give me what I deserve. Do you understand what I'm saying? All right, so we, we have no reason not to praise him. Psalms 150, NIV. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. You ought to come in here, and I don't see enough. Folks act like they're scared to raise their hand. You need to be raising your hand and praising God. And let me tell you something. Praise and worship time is the only thing you can give God. That's right. When I'm speaking, he's giving that to you. 
I don't know how some of can't, can't do this. Oh, my God. When I get the, they be doing some of them songs, talking and, and singing. Sister Kim, especially that one, she was talking about them chains, break them chains. Come on here. Because some of us is all chained up, wrapped up. Oh, come on, come on, come on. We said, when they're talking about breaking them chains, you ought to be shouting hallelujah, thank God. Right? You didn't break those chains on your own. You didn't break those chains on your own. You didn't have the power to break those chains on your own. God sent the Holy Spirit after you got saved to break those chains and to sanctify you so you ought to be glorifying him. That's Come right. on here. That's right. All right. The Bible says, praise him for his acts of power. Praise him for his surpassing greatness. For his power. His power was so powerful that it broke the very chains that had me bound. Satan had me bound, had me chained up, but it was the power of Christ in God that broke those chains because I didn't have the power to get loose. Some of you know what I'm talking about. You wanted to get out of there, but you didn't have the power to get out of there, and it took God to come in there with the Holy Ghost to break them chains. Say amen to God. All right. Praise him with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise him with the harp and the lyre. Everything in here. Praise him with every drums, anything in here. Praise him. You know, now, now I'm not cutting them. Down. You know, we bought this from the Church of Christ. Church of Christ, not God in Christ. And they don't believe in instruments. I don't know. They must not have read this scripture. But anyway, in here, I want everything to get up here. Now, every now and then I have to move when uh, J.K. gets going crazy on them drums and get over here. And get over here. But he's doing the right thing. Yeah, beat them drums. That's right. Play that piano. Funk that bass. Praise God. We got reason to praise him up in here. Amen? Amen. All right. Praise him with the timbrel and dancing. Praise him with the strings and pipes. All right. Praise him with the clash of cymbals. Praise him with the resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Say, let everything that have breath praise the Lord. You understand that? It, the Bible says, and it says everything. It's even talking about animals, anything. Praise God. Huh? You see, I tell you something, if, if my puppies would talk, they would praise God because they get treated better than people. That's right. Yeah, yeah they get manicure, manicure, yeah, yes, I send my puppies. They get manicures and they get they all groomed up and they get washed up, right, and they get their shots and they do everything. So they'd be saying, praise God for the field's household. That's right. But the Bible says, let everything praise God. Let me tell you something. There's no, did you get up this morning? You ought to praise him, right? Got in your car, got here, praise him, right? You here now, praise him, right? The Bible says everything has breath, praise God. Here we go. Praise God from all whom all blessings all flow. Here we go with me. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Amen. Say amen to that. Say amen to that. Say amen to that. That's good stuff. Yes, yes. And that's what we're about. Yes. God is good. Yes, is. God is good as the Isaacs make their way up here. God is good. 